This is Chat and Spin Radio. Keep it locked on chatandspinradio.com. Enrich and enhance your life with elements and fragrances, candles, room sprays, perfumes and colognes by Tessa Williams. Great track there. Decisions from Heat Wave. And not quite a heat wave yet, but we are in midsummer. And my next guest is hotelier Nasser Khalil. Nasser, how are you? I'm good, Tessa. Thanks ever so much for having me on the show today. Yeah, marvelous. To be with you. And you were just saying you're in London, but it's finally stopped raining. Has it been raining a while? That's right, yes. It, it was wet first mm. thing this morning, but the weather right now is uh, it's much better. It's not that hot, but uh, I can't complain because it's quite dry and uh, it, it's quite good today. Yeah, oh, well, that's good. But hearing all about the beautiful hotel in Kinloch Rannoch sounds amazing. And it just kind of it fits the times, really, because nobody wants to go away abroad so much now, wouldn't you say, with all the effects after lockdown and COVID, it's had quite a change for staycations being quite the prevalent option. Uh, you're absolutely spot on, Tessa. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself. Since we announced our reopening following government guidelines, um, yeah. which were announced recently, um, the bookings haven't stopped really. I mean, I've got a terrific team at Donalista in Kinloch, Rannoch. And, yeah. you know, the, the phones have been going, you know, like crazy. And we're very fortunate to be located in a place where the tranquility and picturesque kind of setting where the hotel is. I mean, why would you go abroad when actually yeah. you've yeah. got five-star oasis in one of the best parts of Scotland, and I dare say the UK, yes. um, and people have caught up to that. And, uh, you know, as I said, we're very much looking forward to welcoming our first guest tomorrow, as it happens. Tomorrow, wow, very exciting, yeah. So how have you managed, Nasir, Nasir with all the kind of um, changes and how, how different will the hotel experience be for people now? Um, well, clearly, it ain't going to be exactly the same as it was before. Sure, now, yeah. Um, we've spent this time, the last three months, uh, with my core team deploying a number of measures. Now, it's important to say many of those measures are actually measures that you wouldn't notice. They are behind the scenes. Oh, measures, sure, yes. You know, digital sanitization so that you don't have to have paper flying around. You know, you can check in seamlessly through your phone so you don't have to touch a pen, you know, we've put all, spent money, put platforms and systems in place to ensure that, you know, with your smartphone, you mm. can actually do your check-in. Um, but in terms of the physical measures that we've put in place, definitely some form of distancing is now required. And so, uh, you know, lounge and restaurant settings have been done so that, you know, our guests can, as their well-being is our priority, our guests can sit comfortably knowing that 
all the additional measures have been taken. So our waiters will be wearing visors and in some cases, in addition to face masks, um, you've got sanitizing stations pretty much wherever you need one. Yes. Um, you know, cleaning will be done twice as much. So every touch point in the hotel is cleaned every hour. Yes. Um, and, you know, there are certain directional signs that would help guests to, you know, navigate around the hotel without feeling, you know, that, you know, they're next to someone else they don't want to be next to. Um, you know, door locks will open automatically um, with the use of an app so that in some cases oh, wow. you don't yes. have to use, you know, touchable items to open their doors. Um, so, you know, all of these obviously come at a cost, but I think it's essential. Yes. You know, uh, my approach to hotels is you've got to put your guest first. Yeah. And your, guest, your guests are actually your boss. Mm. And so you have, whatever you do, you have to build around your guests. What would, if I'm a guest and I'm staying in a high-end luxury hotel, short as Tonalista Hotel Suites, what would I expect from staff? What would I expect from the environment? What would I expect from my bedroom? What yes. would I expect from, you know, the surroundings around the, um, you know, the, the staff areas and so on? And what would I expect when I arrive to the time that I leave? So mm. that guest experience and journey needs to be really really done properly. The important thing, however, is you don't want guests to be staying in the hotel and feel all of a sudden now they are in some sort of isolated space. It yeah, needs to be done. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. It needs to be done in a way that a guest can still feel pampered, can still feel, yeah, served, feel relaxed. Yeah. Whilst relaxed, whilst knowing that every possible safety measure has been taken for their well being and for their comfort and convenience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure it's going to be quite a um, sumptuous treat being there because with you yourself, Nassar, you've worked all over the world. You've worked at some of the most exclusive kind of luxury places. The Seven Star Hotel, what was that like? Yes, I mean, I, I launched the Seven Star Hotel for... Wow. Um, Qatar Foundation is part of the sovereign fund of Qatar Holdings oh, in the Gulf. Yes. Now, obviously, in a seven-star environment, if you just assume everything is basically at a certain level, so each floor will have its own reception, its own butler service, its own concierge, you know, the ratio of guest per staff is five staff for every guest at least. Wow. <laughs> um, and it, it's basically a village within a hotel. Right, and, you yeah, know, fascinating. Um, it really is a is a is a special kind of way of, of 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 operating a hotel that you wouldn't get in a standard hotel, and the scale of it is just vast. But it comes at a sudden sudden cost, obviously, and sure. you know. Yeah. Um, that that is reflected in what guests pay when they stay in those hotels. Yeah, it must be incredible just to kind of see that um, that level of luxury. It must be really interesting, but. For you, it must be very fascinating to Nasser to go between all the different places. So what really brought you to Scotland first? 
Uh, it's a very interesting question, Tessa. I mean, I've been fond of Scotland for years. Uh, I like the people, the communities there are just amazing and supportive. Yeah. So when I when we got an opportunity to get our first hotel, um, my, by the way, this is my second portfolio oh, of hotels. I developed a you know, previous one which I sold out at the end of 2011 for a pretty decent sum, I have to say. And yeah. since then, I've always wanted to do something in Scotland. So when the opportunity came, Kinloch Rannoch, in fact, um, having been a city boy and having mm -hmm. managed some of the best luxury hotels in the world, some of my, you know, friends said, Nasa, are you sure you want to do something in the countryside? Yeah. But actually, it was it was a joy. I mean, Donalister is steeped in history. Um, and that was an opportunity for me to bring the city into a beautiful village in the Scottish Highlands. Um, and, you know, some just under six million pounds later, wow. we developed we developed a hotel that if you take it from Kinloch, Rannoch and put it in any city centre location, it would still stand tall and be the same five-star that mm. it is in Kinloch, Rannoch. So I've not compromised yes. on anything in terms of a hotel up there because I'm very proud of where it is and I want people to go to the Highlands and not have to compromise on where they stay. They mm. need to feel that they can have this level of luxury even in Padshire, not just in Edinburgh, so to speak, or even London. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds sounds beautiful. And how big is the hotel, NASA? How many people are you looking to accommodate over the summertime and everything generally? Well, I mean, we've got 32 suites. Um, Donalista. Uh, in addition, we've got two fine dining restaurants. We've got, um, you know, a large space for weddings, uh, very special weddings. We have a lot of requests for exclusive use of the hotel. We've done a lot of car launch events uh, when a new car model comes on. And the setting is just amazing. I mean, for Weddings. Mm. We're, we're next to a church, we're right in the center of the village, oh. and we couldn't have asked for a better community. Mm. This is why even during the lockdown, the core team was working very hard alongside myself to ensure that the hotel remains as new as it's always been. Whatever needed doing, we've done, we've reviewed from menus to our protocols to do with check-in. We used to have a rule at Donalista wherein it shouldn't, shouldn't take you more than 90 seconds from when you arrive to get to your room. So the entire oh, check-in process uh -huh. should be 90 seconds. But actually, we've now set a new um, target on that. It would be 60 seconds. 60 from seconds. when you arrive, wow. 60 seconds Brilliant. from when a guest arrives to get to the room. You mm. know, you've arrived, you are tired, you are not there, mm. you know, to stand and now receptive stand around the reception area waiting for someone to kind of serve you. You've got, you are there, you are our boss, as I said, as soon as you arrive, 60 seconds is all we need. And within that time, you will get everything you need and you'll be taken to your room mm. uh, where you, you know, be treated lavishly with our service excellence. Our, our guest ambassadors are so well trained to ensure that each and every guest yes. is pampered the best way possible, really.
That sounds brilliant. And that's one thing I, um, my last book was about hotels, Hotels of the Stars One. That's um, wonderful. Thank you. Um, but that's one thing is a really good point because if you have a very long check-in process, you're kind of usually a bit tired anyway by the time you've got to the hotel. So I think that sounds a really wonderful thing to make it so seamless and so short that people, before they know it, they're in the comfort of their own uh, their own room. And um, I was just going to ask you as well, Nasser, because you must have visited some incredible hotels as well as working at them, with them. And I just wondered, what are your like favorites around the world? What would you say is your top three, maybe? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I get asked this a lot. And <laughs> I try not sure. to be biased mm. because, you know, your immediate kind of thought is to say, well, I'm going to choose the hotels I've been involved with. And, yes. You know, I, I can choose the Burj Al Arab in Dubai. Oh, or, wow. Um, Would you say seven, that one? Yeah. Yeah, or, uh, you know, the Seven Star La Cigale in Qatar. But actually, believe it or not, as a hotelier and someone who's, you know, done everything hotel. Everything, yes. You'll find that I tend to go for, you know, understated luxury as far as I'm concerned. Simplicity is sometimes the best. So if you you take, for example, you know, North Island in the Seychelles, you know, service service shouldn't be in your face. You know, there's a, a fine difference between people serving you whilst almost feeling like they're hanging on your shoulders because they <laughs> always are there. And understated service, which is still special service, it's there, you get everything you want, but actually you don't feel like someone is haunting you everywhere you turn. There is someone standing next to you yes. asking you the next mm. question of what you want. So if, if you take North Island in the Seychelles, it's so luxurious, but actually, you know, if you want something, it's done, but you don't have people, you know, standing next to you at every turn, because at some point it becomes uncomfortable, unless, yes. you know, you are the minority that kind of likes that, that needs service, that. Whereby, yes. exactly, mm. otherwise, mm-hmm. so I, I tend to go for that, or for example, you know, in Zambia, there are some nice safari resorts there, that, oh, okay. you know, bring, yeah. you know, brings you close to nature without mm. basically you compromising on the comfort, the, the, the simple comfort that you need. Yeah. In terms of cities, you know, Santorini, uh, Capri, um, you know, even t- take Italy, Florence is one of those understated cities. Sure. When you think of Italy, you think of Venice, you think of Rome, but actually... Uh, the likes of myself, I appreciate places like Florence because the history, the sort of hotels that you get there. So, you know, I could go on and talk about every Mm. hotel that I've been to. Yeah, I'm so passionate about it. But yes, for me, it's all about understated luxury rather than Uh, one of those massive in-your-face And we're in Zambia. I love to go to Zambia. It sounds beautiful. Yeah, I mean, Zambia is one of those African countries. Again, it's not very large, but yes. when, when, when you go into one of their safari parks, like, you know, uh, you know, Mountain Table Safari okay. or yeah. any of those, you know, you've got your own 
self-contained chalet, but actually when you open the doors, you're almost into nature. Wow. So you, you, yeah. do, you, do, you do get everything you need in a luxury hotel, but you're also in touch with nature, which uh, mm. basically, you know, combines the two things. And it's, sometimes that's better than an artificial box, if I could say that, whereby mm. you go into this glass building and all you see around you is four walls without really enjoying what a hotel should be like, which is mm. special service, but as I said, not in your face. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. And Nasab, do you have any favourites like in London or a, any other favourites in Scotland that you've been to from time gone by? Or Yeah, I mean, in Scotland, uh, you know... Um, <laughs> This, I don't know how to put this, but for me, uh, Scotland, uh, most of the high-end hotels in Scotland uh, are very special places. I mean, um, if you take, for example, Glen Eagles, which is sure. a competitor to Donalista, right. uh, you know, I've been to Glen Eagles and I just find, you know, you immerse yourself and you start to think, what was here before? I mean, in Edinburgh, you know, um, Apex Hotels, for example, uh, a brand that I follow closely, okay. uh, not because uh, I find them a threat, because I feel my hotels will be, <laughs> you know, to be fair to say, um, much more with regards to quality and service. But yes. I think it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine kind of collection of hotels. So when I stay in Scotland, I tend to stay at the Apex in uh, in Glasgow or in Edinburgh. Yes. But there's so many, so many um, hotels that I, I love in Scotland, not because they are very luxurious, but actually it's because they're all individual in their own ways. You know, yes. the character, mm-hmm. you know, your, your, the feel that you get, your four-poster bed, and the service you get from... Uh, from uh, basically the locals and the community and the service you get from the staff. You know, the Scottish accent is another thing that I really love. You know, people there just want to help you, so it's almost second nature. Yeah. So when you employ those people in your hotel, mm. the training is almost technical because the service right. comes natural to those people. Oh, that's a lovely thing to say about the Scottish people. Thank you. Very good. And you also have plans, Nasser, for expanding the hotel group, as you're saying, initially to Glasgow. Is that right? That's right. So, I mean, Rogue City Hotels is my uh, hotel brand that I'm developing, the portfolio of hotels that I'm developing now. Donalista is the first one. I'm now constructing a 100 keys or 100 suites hotel in the center of Glasgow between Bad Street and Wellington Street. Uh, that hotel will be called the Wellington. Lovely. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a beautiful building and I want to, you know, um, kind of glorify the building the best way I can. It almost reminds me of a mini London Harrods. Wow, and yeah. What I'm doing there is to, 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 you know, to do a service to that building and celebrate its history. So, you know, we would have a hundred keys there. We will have a floating meeting room. So when you enter reception, you've got this vast double height space and when you look above you you've got this 
beautiful meeting space that can take up to 45 delegates. Mm. Um, and I, you know, these cathedral sized doors that as soon as you approach the building, and also the lighting we will put there to celebrate the Scottish stone that was used to. Uh, you know, to construct that building. So I'm very oh, much okay. looking forward yeah. to launching that. Obviously, it's under construction at the moment. Yeah. Um, I We intend to create, you know, many jobs up there. But also, in addition to that, I'm now in negotiation on a property in the centre of Edinburgh, which wow. would also be a conversion from an yeah. office building. And uh, watch the space. There are other all yes. the cities in Scotland that I'm working oh, on wow. at the moment. So, Very I mean, that's not to say we're not. Rogue City will have hotels in England. In fact, uh, we've already acquired a property in the centre of Cambridge, and that's okay. also under construction at the moment. That's going to be one of the best boutique hotels in the UK if I have my way, and I will get my way uh, because I'm very much involved in the design myself. Okay. So I want yes. to make sure that my hotels have a specific mm. signature thread yes. that if you enter any of my hotels, you would know this is a NASA Khalil design property. So um, hopefully in the next 10 years, I hope to be able to get to 15 hotels at least, um, creating, creating hundreds of jobs. Mm. I mean, the UK is my home, even though Scotland is indeed my second, okay. second home um, after London, as it were. Yeah, fascinating, Anastasia. Thanks so much. I just ask you very quickly, um, how did you first get into um, working with hotels? What attracted you to it? I mean, that I think you've just said the key there very quickly because I know you don't have the whole day on your show because otherwise <laughs> we could go on forever. I know um, we need to come um, on again. <laughs> yes, thank you very much for that. Um, now, uh, very quickly, I would blame Claridge's for all the good reasons, Tessa, okay. because when I was studying at university, I had a placement at Claridge's in London, which okay. is, by the way, one of the finest. London hotels, even if yes, you could be biased in saying that. But yes, I did my placement at Claridge's, and I guess that's where I got infected by the uh, hotel bug. You uh, know, when I yes. realized whilst at university during my placement that working in hotels are just a special thing. You know, no two days are the same. Every day brings its own pleasures and challenges i thought you know this is what i want to do and when the general manager at the time there offered a young nasa khalil an opportunity to say you've done very well in your placement if you need a job at the end of your university degree please let me know that mm. kept me thinking all right i think this is nice. what i want to do yeah so but my first real break came at hilton um and got promoted a few times, run clusters, and then started to get involved with the boutique trend in London when the Hempel and the Sandersons were oh, you know, launched course. at the time yes. when hotels were moving from groups into, you know, your boutique kind of independent look and feel. Mm. And basically from there on, went on to do, you know, big things with some of the best hotels in the world. Um, and then started my own first portfolio, um, you know, back in early 2000, which I said uh, successfully sold out of at the end of 2011, um, 
just after the last recession, which, right. you know, did very well for me. And now I'm kind of creating a new, you could say I'm, I'm becoming a serial hotel portfolio creator. But you will, yeah, you have your own monopoly, Jameson. <laughs> what I want to do is bring something into the market, a disruptive or challenger brand that isn't available today. I don't just want to create another hotel for the sake of it. I yes. want to create an alternative. In all my hotels, there will be an alternative to a mainstream conventional hotel. So you have all that lot on one side and you've got a Rogue City hotel on the other side. So the choice will be very clear, whether it be the way the rooms are designed or value for money or the service you get when you get into any of these any of my hotels, mm. and the way you are treated. So very quickly, you create a niche for yourself through specific USPs that no one else offers. And I think we started that trend at Donalista. I mean, our repeat guests there mm. uh, in the region of 25%, people coming back time and again, where they just love the individuality of the mm. way they are treated. Fantastic. Well, it was amazing to speak to you today, Nasser. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I do hope you'll come on again another time. And if people want to find out more about um, your hotels, well, especially Dan Alistair, how is the best way to do that, um, please, Nasser? Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, and I look forward to coming back, by the way. But very briefly, <laughs> yes. I think um, all people have to do is if they go to donalistahotel.com, that's D-U-N-A-L-A-S-T-A-I-R hotel.com, or visit roguecityhotels.com, there will be a link to Donalista, and I'm sure your uh, listeners will be overjoyed uh, by staying in that hotel. Marvellous. Okay, well, thank you so much, Nasser, and hopefully Pleasure. speak again soon. Thanks. When I wake up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hurts my eyes, and something without warning, love, bears heavy on my mind.